Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. Happy to be back. Uh, just back from the theater, although you went twice. I twice did. Twice to the movies. That's crazy. Yes. <laughs> in one weekend. Yeah, and uh, we haven't been to a movie since, like, I'm pretty sure, like, Thor the last one we went to go see so it was quite a while ago <laughs> yeah it's about the same for me i think the last one i saw yeah. was um doctor strange so it would have been just was that last year it feels like it was longer but i think yeah <laughs> that was last year um yeah i mean with marvel movies it's so <laughs> it's so hard to tell uh there there's one out every every quarter but uh yeah it had been a while and um i I remember now why I hate going when it's when I know it's going to be busy and it was busy <laughs> as much as I tried to avoid it. It was still busy. I went on the the holiday Monday and uh, I think mm. a, a lot of people had the same idea. Yeah, we went on Easter <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and uh, it was pretty dead, which was nice. <laughs> there was like us and maybe like 10 other people like there were like two or three other families that were there and then uh we actually went to see the D movie on the on the holiday monday and then that was much 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 busier <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean uh well the movie we obviously saw i don't know if we said it, but we saw the super mario movie which came out what like a week ago i guess now it's crazy that movies come out on wednesdays but uh, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah we, we we did see it uh, we, you saw the Mario movie before you saw Sonic 2, which I think is like, yeah, I don't know if that's allowed, but. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, I did. And honestly, like, so we, we are going to spoil things. So if you yes. guys haven't, uh, if you haven't seen the Mario movie, um, then I guess it probably skip ahead as always. Ryan does awesome show notes, uh, over at gamersinpodcast.com and so you can find the timestamps there for when we're going to talk about this but we are going to go into spoiler mode on the super mario brothers movie so uh overall impressions ryan what did you think i feel like yours is more positive than mine <laughs> yeah i mean well i did just see it yesterday and i think uh, look i'll say this like i enjoyed the film i saw it with my two oldest Caden and abigail they really enjoyed the film uh, but I think coming out of it, like a lot of animated films, I felt like something was missing, you know, like something for me was missing from the Super Mario Brothers movie. And I think that's where a lot of the reviews have kind of touched on. I'm not necessarily saying I didn't like it. I thought going in, it was like, OK, this is going to be a Mario movie. They're going to they're going to try to adapt some story from one of the Mario Brothers tries to rescue Peach uh, from Bowser who has who is trying is the big bad like there's not a lot of story to these Mario games yeah They're very basic and I think the movie does a really good job of like taking the template of a Mario story and making something better than the stories that are present in the games doesn't mean like it's a great story but at least I think the structure is a lot better in the movie than in the video games because the video games are there to get you to play right like it, the story isn't getting in the way of of the gameplay which is is the fun here but obviously you can't play the movie because it's a movie right so i think like there was just something for me that was missing although like i really appreciated all the references like it was a very fast movie the hour and a half was over in uh, what felt like less than an hour and a half so it felt, <laughs> <laughs> it felt like it went very quick uh and i think that's just based on the fact of like hey we need to do this thing 
okay, two seconds later, we're off to do this thing and we've done it. You know, it's very quick. That was kind of how, like, my impression of it is, like, we're off to do the thing. And I felt like the thing was, like, they had a whole bunch of, like, pieces, like, boxes they wanted to tick. Like, we want to show Mario Kart. Tick. Like, we want to show, like, Donkey Kong versus Mario. Tick. We want to show, like, Mario going through, like, a platforming level. Tick. And it it very much felt like um, they had a whole bunch of like bits and pieces that they wanted to make sure that they included, but then they didn't necessarily have the best um, transitions, I guess I'll put it that way. Like each thing they went from, like they, they were like, Hey, okay, let's do Mario Kart. And then like you say, it was a few minutes and then they were onto something else. And that was a few minutes. And the, like, it just um, didn't kind of tie things cohesively together for me. Yeah. Um like and like you say like the plot was pretty simplistic and like you could tell that they didn't want to do the damsel in distress trope because they essentially swapped Peach and Luigi, mm-hmm. right? Like so instead of it being like Mario and Luigi trying to save Peach, it was Mario and Peach trying to save Luigi. Um and like <laughs> poor Luigi. <laughs> I mean like whoever gets like taken and needs to be rescued like i kind of wish that they had had mario luigi and peach trying to like rescue all the toads or something like that you know like because i feel like luigi was like underutilized <laughs> as a result like, peach was great but yeah luigi was like not in the movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i mean they i think they did a really good job at adapting luigi because luigi is canonically scared constantly um He's always screaming. He's always going, Mario, you know, like he, <laughs> they, they nailed it. Charlie Day as Luigi is is really well done. And you're right. Like they they take Peach. And even when she does, uh, get, I don't know if you, she doesn't get kidnapped. But when she does agree to uh, marry Bowser and, and goes with Bowser in exchange for sparing the Mushroom Kingdom, um, she has a, a plan up her sleeve, which is the the, the secret ice uh, flower power up uh, that Toad gives her, and I mean another underutilized character um, mm. is Toad. I really liked Toad; he was really well done in the film. And again, like they take these characters that are just side NPCs that don't really factor much. I think Toad, his most work outside of Captain Toad was when he gives you that star in Super Mario sixty four, and it's like <laughs> I just talked to him and he gave me a star. Perfect, this is great. He doesn't really have other you know, uh, things to do in the game. And in this, they really, they bring them in when, when they need to for comedic effect and, and also to help move the story along in the player or the players, the, the characters along. Uh, but I think that he is, uh, he is underutilized. I'd like to see like a proper super Mario brothers two, where you have like Mario, Luigi, peach and toad off yeah. on an adventure, which I mean, like, you know, is going to happen. This thing is made so much money, <laughs> so much money. I think it's like the, they broke the records for they toppled Frozen 2, which, again, like if you upend like a box office record that Frozen 2 or any Disney movie is set, I think you've got yeah. you've got a hit on your hand. Well, I think like the thing about the Super Mario Brothers movie is whether it's good or not almost doesn't matter because like, uh, I mean, plot wise, as well as just like not necessarily plot, but like story characters, like universe wise you are now appealing 
to people who are around our age, so those in their like 30s and 40s, who very likely have kids who are now old enough to, well, like yours, what, uh, seven and five? Um, Like old enough to know who Mario is, have played some Nintendo games, like are the right age for the story. Because I think like there's a lot of like Easter eggs, both with the music and with like the settings and stuff like that. There's a lot of Easter eggs for people like us who've played every Mario game since there were Mario games. And then the plot was very much like, this is going to be a good movie if you're 10 or under. (laughs) Anyone older than that, I don't really think is going to enjoy it. But that's like the sweet spot in terms of box office dollars. Because you've got like our generation, like those in their 30s and 40s that really want to see this movie for nostalgia reasons, have a gajillion dollars and kids that they can use as an excuse (laughs) because we took our nieces (laughs) who are also same age, seven and five. um, And we were like, we can go to the Super Mario movie. Let's take the girls. This is, yeah, definitely for them. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, it's the it doesn't have to be a good movie because people like us are going to go see it anyways and we're going to take our kids. So it's going to yeah. make a gajillion dollars. <laughs> I look, I I thought it was a good movie. I just think that anyone going in expecting a solid story from a Mario movie uh, you're never going to get it. I I mean like here's a challenge maybe to Illumination and Nintendo like when they make a second one like they could try to make a Mario movie with a really solid story that rivals such animated hits as like Into the Spider-Verse and um Well yeah, there's yeah. tons and tons and tons of good movies. That, like I mean, even the first Minions movie, uh or what I guess is despicable me, not minions, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like that had a great plot and great characters and development and everything else. Like that was enjoyable for me in my 30s, you know? So or 20s or whenever the hell that came out doesn't matter point is i was an adult and i really enjoyed that movie and yeah. there's plenty of, like up is another great example like there's tons and tons and tons of animated movies that are really good and have very solid plots and this one just like didn't <laughs> it very much felt like um they were just running mario and peach through like i said all of the kind of easter eggy things that they wanted to do to like fight Bowser, but then they didn't actually end up even doing the thing they wanted to do, which was get the Kong army. Like that whole thing fell through. That was most of the movie was them like going to the Kongs and trying to get the the army on their side and to fight Bowser. And then it just like didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then, you know, in the end, Peach had to surrender and, you know, like, I don't know. It just, it was, it was weird. And I didn't like any of the stuff in Brooklyn. I was like, this is all stupid. And then especially like the writing went off a fucking cliff at the end. It was just like, okay, now we have, we're back in Brooklyn. So we got Mario's whole family and their entire storyline is they say, Mamma Mia, that's all. Every single one of them over and over again. I bet if you count the Mamma Mia's in the last 10 minutes of the Mario movie, there's probably 500. That's the only line in the movie. (laughs) For the last 10 minutes. I hated it. <laughs> uh, well, here, I'll give you this on the Mamma Mia. I think there was one too many slow motion Mario, Chris Pratt, Mamma Mia's. One was Ugh. sufficient. I think there was maybe two. So I, I applaud the restraint on that one. Um, look, like I, 
this I wasn't going in expecting the story or or the writing for that matter. I was actually impressed. Like again, like with what they did with with what they had, like a Mario movie. Nintendo has been so closely holding on to this, and I it's. I feel like I've put you on the defense, and I didn't mean to. No, no, no. I this is how I feel about the film because again, like I left it, and I'm like, ah, there's something about it. There's just something that feels like it's missing, and I really feel like in a in in a follow up in a sequel. They could address it because I think what was missing uh, was probably replaced by how do we not start the film with just Mario in the Mushroom Kingdom being the Mario we know today? Like we have to we have to tell the origin story, you know, and like I didn't think Mario needed an origin story. I think that's what bugged me so much. I'm like, they could have just left out all the Brooklyn stuff and just had Mario be in the Mushroom Kingdom with Peach. And that would have been fine for me. I, I think it fits the mold for how Illumination structures their their films. Like if you watch even with Despicable Me, like they they intro it, they they set up the character and then in the sequel, like he's got he's adopted the kids and all that fun stuff. And I I think that's just they have this formula that they follow for their films and it works because they make a lot of money. But like I think it's I think it's the Illumination formula and I think Nintendo was was on board with not just having like a straight adaptation. They wanted something that, that could stand on its own. And, uh, but it, it, it's what made it feel a little off to me. But again, like watching this film with my kids, like I, I just had a blast and I, I'll probably watch it again. Like I'm happy to watch it again. Like it just felt like there was so much going on from a reference and Nintendo standpoint that there was always something cool to Marvel at because we've just never seen it presented in this way like it's it's always been a video game there there has not been a solid adaptation of mario uh i don't know how nintendo i don't think nintendo can get away with you know just spectacle of their other ips like i we were having a bit of this conversation in a couple different discord groups about you know if they did zelda if they did metroid you couldn't rely on the oh man doesn't you know, Ganon look really cool. Like, I think you have to nail that story for Mm -hmm. all the other Nintendo IPs. It's really just Mario that you can be like, let's put as many references in here and just have the movie move, you know? Uh, Well, Mario is also the one that has, I guess, like done the most things, had the most spinoff games, like mm -hmm. however you want to kind of frame it. Like, I mean, there's Mario Tennis, there's Mario Kart, there's Mario, like... Paper Mario, there's like a Mario has done every kind of everything like Mario sports. Mario goes to the Olympics like. <laughs> yes, he did. With Sonic. Like, yeah, with, with Sonic. <laughs> there's like there are so many things that you can kind of pull from and they don't really do that with any of their other properties, right? Like Mario is their main character their like uh mascot i guess if you will and so they can basically take any sort of game slap mario on it and all of a sudden it's nintendo does that genre of game you know what i mean so i mean they had an rpg (laughs) there's like tons and tons and tons and tons of things they've done with mario so that's a lot of like things and references to cram into one movie and i think they tried to do it here and you know like i think it was more successful in some cases than others um they they for me they did i think two things that like 
I wish they hadn't. They put some of their best material in the trailers, which so, so many movies are guilty of. This is not a Nintendo or Illumination problem. This is an everybody problem. Uh, because I think the probably best scene in the entire movie is right at the very beginning with Bowser and the Penguins. And that was in the trailers. But that is gold. And I'm like, I wish I didn't know that this was like, this was going to happen. You know, like, I wish that this had been kept under wraps because I think if it had been, that would have been a super awesome, like, tonal kickoff to the movie if they just kept that under wraps. But it's literally the first scenes in the movie. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they did that. They put too much in the trailers. And then, uh, crap, I totally forgot what the other thing was. Oh, they let their jokes go on too long. That was the other thing. So there was the Mamma Mia thing where, like, Everyone said it. It became almost the only thing that the family said in Brooklyn in the in that final scene. There was the uh, the Lumi character for Rosalina's little spark. Yep. Who yeah. was like super like, we're all going to die. Like, <laughs> I can't wait for this. Too many times. Yeah. They went back to that too many times to the point that like that was also the way that they like transition from the movie to the credits was like that little guy talking and i was like okay i am way over this by this point um you know like so i felt like there was a few examples of that where i was like okay you only had to fill 90 minutes how did you make me sick of some of your jokes in only 90 minutes <laughs> yeah they they reused a couple of them uh, yeah uh, one too many times i mean I, I did enjoy the so I, I like the idea of like all the characters they included, you know, it, it, they didn't need to uh, include the Donkey Kong stuff, but I think it worked really well. In the, and if you didn't have it in the film, you would have a very you would you would you really only have half a movie, right? Like they spent a lot of time bringing in, you know, the Kong side of it, but then they quickly move on from that and, and just include. Yeah. UK. Um, which I was really wish they hadn't done that because like I really, really love Donkey Kong. Yeah. And so like that section of the movie, like the fact that they were like, oh, yeah, we need to go partner up with the, the Kongs because they have the strongest army and everything else. And I was like, oh, that's actually really clever. I really like that they've kind of made this twist that it's not just Peach and her toads. It's, you know, like there's all these different worlds, which, again, is very Mario. And, you know, each world or each kingdom is ruled by different people that we've seen before in the Mario kind of universe. And the fact that they had to go get the Kongs to try to fight Bowser, I was like, that's really cool. That's such a good idea. Like we've seen in the Donkey Kong movies, all the different Kongs and all their different like things that their abilities and things they're able to do. Uh, so I was like, oh, man, this is going to be so cool. And we're going to see this giant like Kong versus like Koopa fight and then they really didn't like they like they did but they didn't like they had a fight in a Mario Kart level mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was just like this isn't really the same and again it was really cool with all the references but then like you said they like whittled everybody down to just Donkey Kong so fast <laughs> and I mean it let Peach have her moment but I would have rather like Peach as a general leading an army kind of a moment than, you know, what we got, which was wedding dress, ice, fire peach, mm -hmm. <laughs> which was still pretty cool. But, you know, like uh, I 
I wish that the Kongs had had more of a role in like the last part of the movie. Yeah. Although, you know, you, when you do split them up and you remove everybody but Donkey Kong, you do get some fun moments where you get to see Mario and Donkey Kong's rivalry continue. Like yeah. they, they really don't like each other. I mean, they fight when they first meet, it's that fight from the trailers that you saw. And then that continues and they really don't get along until like the very, very end. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a split second. Cause the movie kind of just like ends, you know, uh, I thought we would yeah. get like an epilogue <laughs> of some kind, but it's like, no, it's done. They're now plumbers in the mushroom kingdom. Yeah. The end. <laughs> Slash, I don't know if you stayed for the credits, but there's a couple of post-credit scenes. Uh, oh, I, no, we didn't stay. <laughs> okay. Well, there's one. Uh, well, I'll get to that. But like the Donkey Kong stuff uh, and, and his rivalry with, with Mario, I thought was really well done. It was really fun. And I, I think anyone worried that Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, like he was perfect, you know? I thought he was great. And um, I think maybe like I always feel like I do this when I like review stuff as I talk about all the negatives. I don't talk about the things I like nearly enough. Um, I thought everybody besides Chris Pratt did a great job. Bowser was amazing. Donkey Kong was amazing. Like Peach was pretty good. Luigi was great. Uh, Toad was great. Yeah, Chris Pratt was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Like, so my problem with Chris Pratt was like, when he was doing his Mario voice, he was fine, but he would slip in and out of his Mario voice and his normal Chris Pratt voice. And I would just start to get into his Mario voice and forget that it was Chris Pratt. And then he would just sound like Chris Pratt again and like rip me out of it. And I was like, oh my God, why are you such a bad voice actor? <laughs> like, oh, anyone else would have been so much better. <laughs> but anyways, again, harping on the negative stuff. I knew he was going to be bad. He was worse than I thought he was going to be. He brought me out of the movie so many times, but everybody else was amazing. Um, I could have done without the Bowser singing scenes, but you know, it's Jack Black and that's what he does in movies. So, <laughs> Oh, have you not listened to the top 100 iTunes hit peaches? Oh, no. oh God. <laughs> oh God. Ryan. Now that's going to be stuck in my head. <laughs> yeah, it's better than millions of peaches, right? It's just, I think there's like, no, million- it's not millions no. of peaches is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. Uh, I I think that the voice acting itself, like where I came down on it was, it's kind of weird for me as someone who plays like a lot of Mario games. And I think this is going to be weird. It was probably weird for you too, in that it's weird that any of these characters are talking with real yeah. voices, <laughs> you know, and full sentences and <laughs> full sent. You're absolutely right. Like there are so few examples. And the one that comes to mind is Super Mario Sunshine, where they gave some of the non Mario characters, like full voice lines. And it was weird. And it was weird <laughs> because it was like Nintendo directed voice acting, like, and, 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 expansion of their one-liners and it just it was weird and i think when you watch this film it's like it's also weird but it fits for like every character but mario in some specific scenes and and i agree with you like chris pratt was his mario was fine i thought it was fine but like it would slip on occasion and he would uh he would kind of go in both directions he would slip down to chris pratt only but then sometimes he would he would go up into like the traditional Mario Charles Martinet like kind of stuff and you know the wahoos with the accent yeah Yeah, or the yeah it's just inconsistent and I feel like it's something they could address in a follow-up because I I Chris Pratt isn't going anywhere he's going to be Mario in the next one Uh, (gasps) yeah they're they're all going to be back (laughs) 
You know, I just want to get that out now. Like, they're all going to be back. Yoshi is probably going to sound like Yoshi. You can't make this much money and then change things up. I, I get that. Um, I was so sad Yoshi wasn't in it more. I mean, oh, you got you the one part the where. Oh, really? Okay, because <laughs> well, okay. So they turned the lights on in our theater, so there was that kind of one credit scene with Bowser in the birdcage. Yes. Um, and so we saw that, and then the regular credits came up, and the, all the lights came on in the theater. So we were like, oh, okay, that's it. <laughs> and then we left. <laughs> yeah, the last. So the the final traditional post credit scene which is at the very very end of the film before they start coming in with the garbage cans and stuff um was it, it's essentially it goes back to like the brooklyn secret sewer and right yep. at the bottom is a yoshi egg and it starts and it's a traditional yoshi uh mario friend egg like it's green and stuff which we did see at the wedding scene um and it starts to hatch and then you get the traditional like yoshi sound effect and that's it that's the end oh, okay so it wasn't it wasn't like a huge thing <laughs> no it was it was very quick and to the point of like it fits as a post-credit scene but it would it would have got me in trouble if like i meant like ashley saw it with us and i made her sit through it it's like you couldn't have just googled that i'm like <laughs> yes because there's really nothing of substance at the end outside of a promise that yoshi traditional yoshi will be in in the in the sequel um and it is in brooklyn you know, Yoshi is in Brooklyn. I I don't know if the movie made, you know, I was kind of confused. Like, did they cut off the portal between Brooklyn and the Mushroom Kingdom? Because it seemed like it seemed like that's what the post credit was kind of showing is that there was it was pretty much destroyed down there. But then again, then they wouldn't have made it back to the Mushroom Kingdom at the end. So I'm assuming there's still like, oh, this- you mean like after Thanos attacked? Yeah, you mean Bowser? <laughs> no, like literally that was like, it was like, okay, now we're in New York and this is just a ripoff of Avengers. <laughs> oh, I liked, I liked the final battle. The kids loved it too. Like they get the Good. star power and Luigi, you Wait, know. The star power? Oh my God. <laughs> the star power? When they, when they actually power up using the star, which I was like, it looked like one of the pow- like collectible power stars, right? Not yeah. the invincibility star. So I was a little bit confused. And then I was like, maybe when you use a power star, then you get the power you ask for. And they were invincible because they were together. I don't know. It was very hard to follow. But when they got <laughs> the power and then they just like stood there like arms crossed back to back and they, the, the star music is going. It's like, they're wasting it. Yeah, exactly. My thought as well. I I didn't get caught up on. But you're right. Now that you mention it, like there's the there's the power stars that we know as the as the end of level. You did it. Yeah. Collectible. And then there's the power up. And I think they it feels like they kind of merged the two and made it much rarer (laughs) in the film. And that like there's one of them and they're there. It's protected by the penguins for some reason. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and uh, and and look, there's a lot of like you kind of have to just, you know, check your brain there's a lot of check your brain at the door because it and i don't think it's just because it, it's unfair to say oh it's a kid's film you got to check your brain at the door it's like no there's a lot of kids movies that you can enjoy with your brain uh engaged you know um there's lots of those but this is this is it really isn't one of them and i think the more you know about the games it, it can delight but also confuse and i think the power star is one of them <laughs> and uh yeah there wasn't a timer on that thing he pre- they pretty much got to use it until they were done uh 
and and plus it should have been the timing should have been had because they were both using it. it I don't know, it's right? Just, but it it worked. It was fun. Like it was a cool representation of having that star power and being able to. They did the Bowser throw. Both Mario and Luigi grabbed mm-hmm. Bowser's tail, and I was like, I nearly cheered in the theater. <laughs> I didn't want to be, there was that guy sitting in in the same row. It was not me, I promise. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, there was, there was a couple moments and, you know, if you're bringing your kids, there's a, there's one moment, uh, Caden got scared when, when Mario and Donkey Kong, it's the, it's the uh, Toy Story 3 moment where they're, they're getting turned, they're getting put into the, the trash compactor. And if you stop the movie there, it's like, and Mario and Donkey Kong died because they get eaten oh. by a giant fish. So uh, and then they cut to black and they go to a different scene. So, yeah, kids were upset. Oh, no, I thought uh, I thought it was going to be when Luigi gets captured. I like I was worried about our nieces in that scene because like there's like Luigi's in the swamp and there's all of those like little dry bone guys kind of coming out like zombies from the from the ground. And then they chase him all the way to the castle. And then there's like a lightning strike. And then they've got all those little dudes with the white masks behind him. Oh, yeah. Who I can't remember. The and I was guys. like, oh, my shy guys. Yeah, shy guys. And I was just like, holy fuck. Like, this is scary for like, you know, like my little five-year-old niece. I was like, I hope she's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Caden was uh, at that moment when the shy guys came on screen. He was like yelling at the screen. He was like, I wonder what's behind their mask. And I'm like, buddy, that is like, (laughs) that is like an internet mystery that no one knows. No one knows. So just. Oh my uh, God, that's so funny. (laughs) Yeah, there was a lot of those. And again, like. We were in the theater. It was packed. Lots of fa- I was I was actually surprised. You know, like a lot of people like it's movies get reviewed poorly all the time. And uh, this one was kind of like, oh, gosh, uh, you got really bad reviews. I wonder if it's going to do well. And like it it did just fine because I think like the fact that it's Mario, I don't think I don't think folks are paying attention to the reviews because you go in. If you, I, I avoided the reviews as much as possible because I was like, if I read these it's going to ruin the experience for me because I'm not watching it to have like a, you know, uh, 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 some sort of like pristine story that tells like a lot of deep, meaningful well, stuff. Yeah, it's that's just, always you know. the thing. Like, I mean, it's the same sort of thing with like the Fast and the Furious movies. Like if you're watching those to have some sort of like Oscar worthy plot, you're watching the wrong movie. Say <laughs> like, <laughs> like Pacific Rim is one of my favorite sure. movies. And it's just giant robots fighting giant monsters. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> but you yeah. don't watch it if you want something that's going to win an Oscar. Like, and I find critics often... You know, they do that. They look for, you know, like, or they pick things apart that aren't meant to be like that level of, you know, story or acting or whatever, you know. But if you go in expecting explosions and then you get explosions, it's like awesome movie. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about expectations. Cars doing things they shouldn't. And yeah, in this case, exactly. <laughs> it's, 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 it's Mario, Luigi, Peach, Toad, Bowser, all your favorites, Donkey Kong 2. Uh, although I'll say like Cranky Kong, uh, if we want to get critical on voice, like I, I felt he yeah, could have been crankier. Um, <laughs> he didn't have a lot of crank in his voice. <laughs> no, maybe in the sequel, he'll be just he'll I mean, you know, they did play the DK rap, which was nice. Uh, there was a there's so many references. Like, and again, like if uh, the rumors of a, of a Donkey Kong spinoff because we got, you know, teases of, you know, uh, Diddy Kong, Dixie Kong, they were all in there and there was. Yeah. Um, you know, you saw Funky Kong. They're like all the Kongs were there. 
And they barely use them. There's like a couple. Of, yeah. Not even lines. Diddy emotes. got yelled at once. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 there's room to do more here. And I just hope that Nintendo sees this success and like, okay, like let's, let's, let's still approach other IPs with a different um, lens. Cause I don't think you can apply the same formula to Zelda or Metroid or start no. like none of their other IPs would work with just put it on the screen and, you know, for 90 minutes have references and, and Mario and yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to more. I think that they can, they can do some fun stuff with this. Obviously we have no confirmations outside of the, it being like probably a million or a billion dollar film by this time next week. Uh, I just, I, I want to see like a varied approach to, to their other IPs like, and do Zelda next. Like, I think that's, that's probably uh, yeah. I would love to see a Zelda movie because I feel like you're right. They they would have to make some some different choices and and maybe take it a little bit more seriously potentially to the point that like I almost like hope for a live action Zelda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I mean that's also coming from a Zelda fan whose favorite Zelda games are like the darker ones, like the Majora's Masks and the Twilight Princesses, and you know. Um, so yeah, uh, which by the way, so I think I told you this last week, um, I ordered, there was like an exclusive, uh, anniversary Majora's mask link amiibo. And, uh, so I ordered it from Best Buy and I cried a little and died inside because it was a 30th anniversary (laughs) amiibo. And I was like, this can't possibly be right. Also, I need it, but 30, really? I think it's Zelda's 30th anniversary, not Majora's Masks, if that's what you're worried about. Like, Majora's Mask is not 30 years, and I'm not going to Google it. I just know it's not 30. <laughs> I, well, okay, hang on. Now I and have now to. Yeah, I guess we'll we'll search it at, at 2000. So it's uh, 23 years. That's not too bad. Yeah, all right. Definitely all right. not 30. <laughs> Now in seven years. Wait a minute. (laughs) No, Ryan, don't do math. (laughs) Just did. But yeah, anyways, so that I was just like, oh man, 30 years. No. (laughs) But yeah, I would very much like to see a kind of serious, darker live action take on Zelda, but we'll have to see because yeah, animated movies are obviously doing well for Nintendo. So we'll see how that goes. But the so speaking of serious, a uh, little bit darker live action takes on stuff, uh, I also went and saw the D&D movie, and I'm not going to talk about it too, too much because it's not video game related, but um, I loved it. It was so good, and I am not a D&D player at all, <laughs> but like they had like name droppy references that even I got as a non D&D player, and it was like it had a great story. The actors did a wonderful job, and I am... Not a very big Chris Pine fan, but I thought that uh, everybody did a really, really good job. Like the plot was really good. The all the effects were great. Like I really, really, really enjoyed it. It was a good movie. So it was a little bit of a <laughs> contrast from Mario because I kind of walked out of the Mario movie going, "Yeah, okay, that was that was fine," and I walked out of the D and D movie going, "Like I could actually watch that again this afternoon." So, yeah, if you guys haven't gone to see it yet, um, I would highly recommend, even if you're not a D&D player, uh, it's just a really good fantasy movie. Yeah, my uh, 
my dad went and saw it. I was talking to him over the weekend and uh, <laughs> I did the annoying thing. It's like, oh, you know, that's like kind of based on a video game. And he's like, what? No, it's not a video game movie. It's a, it was live action. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> 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 which, which is fine because he, he the Mario movie's out and it's animated. So I think he was he was making the connection that if it was based on a video game, it would be it'd be animated. And I would consider Sonic, the Sonic movies to be animated because you've got a cartoon character so i get where he's coming from but uh he really enjoyed it as well like and um the trailers all make it look hilarious uh, i love chris prine or chris prine yeah chris pine what was chris i saying pine, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you almost said pratt <laughs> yes i did <laughs> uh but yeah it i it's one i want to see and i think we're at the point now where it's it's been out long enough that i'll probably wait for it to come out on streaming i think that was always my my plan but i've heard really really good things and honestly it's nice that there's a dungeons and dragons movie that is like doing really well because the previous ones not so great uh and i think there's a couple uve bowl ones as well <laughs> so yeah this it's nice it's nice that it's doing well because i think dungeons and dragons has has always been very popular and it's certainly come back into a more popular stance with critical role and yeah, definitely. In the last like five to 10 years has absolutely had a, a bit of a resurgence, I think. So this was, I think, good timing. And and like I said, there's a lot of like big name actors like Hugh Grant did a great job. Like there's just there's a lot of really awesome scenes. And like I said, the effects are great. And, you know, the story was a little bit predictable, but not always predictable. So that's something that I look for. Um, And yeah, I just I just really, really enjoyed it. So I wanted to mention it because it's kind of like gaming adjacent right like <laughs> there have been D video games like Baldur's gate stuff and but i would still say like i mean it's a tabletop rpg right like so it's like it's gamers in adjacent <laughs> and yeah. so yeah if you guys uh are thinking of going to see it or you know not bothering because it's uh, a DD movie and you're not a DD player you don't have to be it's very 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 enjoyable it's really well written so go and check it out uh, and you had a chance to play some Resident 4, or Resident 4, Resident Evil 4, the remake. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, so uh, Capcom has been on a bit of a trend now, releasing a remake in between their uh, their mainline updates to Resident Evil. So, you know, previous to this, we've had a Resident Evil 2 and a Resident Evil 3 remake. And, and the thought was always like, oh, where do they go next? You know, Resident Evil 4 is kind of... was up until now considered untouchable in terms of like wanting a remake for it. Uh, I think a lot of people forget how old Resident Evil 4 is in terms of it, it it being a 20 year old game, which I think is, is a good time for a remake. So did people just think that it was like too good or like a remake would ruin it? Like why, why would they not do Resident Evil 4 when they've done all the other Resident Evil so far? (laughs) Like what made it untouchable? Yeah, I think I think there's a couple of reasons. I think the main reason is that it is considered like the best of the traditional Resident Evil games because you kind of okay. have one, two and three uh, are sort of a uh, a product of their technical era. Like they're limited by their their tech and like making a remake of those. It makes a lot of sense because you're able to put it into modern tech and, and, and vastly jump from where you had it before, which was N64 slash ps2 days which is like early 3d so it's always a good idea to, right to remove that and, and put in some some new uh, uh some new graphics there 
But I think Resident Evil 4, you know, it launched on GameCube and was ported to every system. It, it is the Skyrim of Resident Evil games. Um, it is on everything. It's on Wii, PlayStation 2, 3, 4, you know, Xbox, all that <laughs> stuff. There's a VR, uh, or not a mod, a, a port of it. So you can play the entire game in, in VR. But um, it also, I think it just comes from the fact that it, it is considered like the best of the traditional ones and and some consider it's designed to be like really, really well done in terms of Resident Evil games. But again, like it's limited by when it came out. And uh, obviously I think just a lot of people forget, you know, like when you play a game that you loved 20 years ago, you kind of remember it very fondly and it did struggle. Like if you went back and played Resident Evil four, um, it would probably, you would probably feel like, Oh, this is why they remade it. It's still got, some form of tank controls because you'll remember it came out on gamecube there was only like one good analog stick so they they never really used that c stick for like camera movement even though it was probably named the c stick for the camera um (laughs) you know it it was it was in that era where they just they did not have direct camera control um especially since it did it did originate on gamecube but yeah, like I, I think a lot of people just felt like, oh, it's so well done, you can't touch it. You know, you can't remake something that was that was made so so well. And I think you could probably say the same for like a like you would never remake Ocarina of Time, but like you could you could do a remaster. I would take a remake, absolutely. <laughs> but I think that's the thing. Like I I don't think any old games are like untouchable because I mean I would take a chance to play something. Like, well, um, oh, crap. What the the Zelda one they did do the remake of, but then they left the stupid motion control in it. Uh, Sky. Whatever. Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword. Yeah. <laughs> like I would have taken an actual proper remake of that and not like what they ended up doing. Like I would have liked them to take the gimmick out of it and fix it or at least give that make that a, a control option. You know what I mean? Like. But I'm also one of those people that think nothing is sacred. And if you can take what was a really good formula and then update it with like modern quality of life fixes, absolutely you should do it because then I'll play it again and I'll have a great freaking time <laughs> without mm-hmm. all the headaches of the of the tech of the time. Right. Yeah. And I, I think the other I agree with you, like I also think, you know, when it comes to video games, nothing is sacred. Like you should be able to go back and. You know, looking at looking at Final Fantasy seven, that was one, you know, people wanted a remake, but they were very worried about getting a remake. And I think the approach they took with the Final Fantasy seven remake was really interesting because they they told the start of the story and was basically like, no, but this isn't a remake. This is a alternate, you know, what if scenario and we're going to branch off from there and and have a good time. But it's going to include your character, your favorite characters. Uh, and I, and I think in this case with Resident Evil four, the other idea was like, well, we probably don't need to do that one right away because there's this little known Resident Evil game like Code Veronica. I, I don't know if it's little known among fans, but I've never played it because it came out on consoles that were exclusive to I think it was Dreamcast and PlayStation, which were ones I never had. And it is also a game considered within the traditional Resident Evils closer to Resident Evil two and three than four like four was when they kind of transitioned to more of an action gameplay focus um and code veronica was very much traditional traditional resident evil uh now that one could be getting a remake next i would like to see that one before resident evil 5 but there's also been clips making the round of like if you think we don't need a resident evil 5 remake 
watch uh, this character punch a rock or something. And it's like, no, we need, to, <laughs> we need that stat. Um, yeah, these are games that came out almost, you know, 20 years ago. So, like, obviously they can do a lot to make it better for players, but also keep the original experience, you know, the feel of the original experience there. And I, and I think they absolutely, they continue to absolutely nail it with these um, Resident Evil remakes. I was, I was curious to see, like, how much they would change. And they do address a lot of like the gameplay issues and, and the pacing issues. Um, they like, it's, it's a lot, I think it's, it's very fun to play, but it feels very familiar to, you know, me as a Resident Evil four player. You know, I, I think uh, there are iconic moments and um, uh, locations that immediately are like, Oh man, it's really cool to see this, you know, remade in a, in a current engine, specifically that village section right at the beginning of the game. It, it feels very much like a one-to-one remake, but of course, you know, in the back of your mind, like it never looked or played like this. So it, it is really cool to be able to, to play it in a more modern, uh, modern take. But, um, you know, they did a lot of updates, like, you know, they removed all the quick time events that were present in the first one. So again, like you think 20 years ago, quick time events were like, the thing you had in your video games yeah. to make cutscenes <laughs> cool, you know, like push the A button real quick to run away from this boulder. It's not in the in this game because quick time events have obviously, for good reason, fallen out of favor. Um, yeah, they're very passe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's, you know, there's lots that you can do with remakes, including like just updating it for modern gameplay design. Like they they update a lot of the dialogue. It's less like cheesy. But Leon still makes jokes like, you know, where's everybody going? Bingo? Because everyone left. He thinks they're going to bingo, but they're not. They're actually uh, being mind controlled. <laughs> we don't know if they're playing bingo. Maybe they are playing bingo. Maybe uh, they were mind controlled to play bingo. There you go. <laughs> we don't see where they go, but Leon is convinced they're playing playing bingo. So um, anyways, they've and they, you know, they've improved the gameplay. Like the knife is like critical to parrying everything. Did you know with a simple kitchen knife or uh, any knife, really, you can parry a chainsaw or wow. um, yeah, uh, a torch, uh, a scythe, scythe, the big uh, yep. death yep. looking thing. Yeah. Yeah. So like there's a lot you can do in there and, and they've uh, they've made the knife. There's like a durability system for the knife. So they've changed that um, before it was like in, you could use it as many times as you want. But they've they've added breaking weapons jocelyn to uh but why <laughs> they're supposed to improve quality of life <laughs> but i guess if you can parry a chainsaw with a yes. kitchen knife they've got to add something that makes that not the most ridiculously op weapon in the game right like <laughs> yeah exactly so like there, there's a push and pull there and yeah. you find you can find knives throughout the game like consumable knives like the kitchen knife i think there is literally a kitchen knife you can you can pick up and they have uh, varying degrees of durability, but you do have your main knife, uh, like your combat knife that you can upgrade and make more durable. And like, I highly recommend like the two biggest things for the upgrade system is like upgrade your knife, upgrade your, the pistol you, you want to play with the most. Like you have a choice between four or five different pistols and that's the most the easiest ammo to craft and the most ammo you're going to come across in the game. It's the default ammo they give you when you're running around in a boss fight and they have like mechanics to like spit out ammo. So you don't like lose just because you kept missing 
I'm not speaking <laughs> from experience. I'm just speaking from, you know, something I read <laughs> on the internet. Um, <laughs> so like that, that'd be my advice is like, find the pistol you, you find most comfortable in the game and upgrade that all the way and the knife as well. And I think you'll have a, you'll have a great time combat wise. And, uh, yeah, I haven't finished it yet. I think I'm two thirds. I'm just about to head into the island portion of the game, which I hear is, is a bit shorter than the other parts of the game. Uh, so I should be able to finish it fairly soon, but, um, yeah, it's good. It's a, it's a full price release, you know? Um, so the previous ones were, I'd say around the Canadian, like 40 or $50 mark. Whereas this one is, is an $80 experience and, um, they're, they're charging you full price for, for this remake. And I think it, it comes down to just the, uh, the difference in size of the game, like two and three are considered relatively short games that you can beat mm-hmm. in, you know, four or five hours, depending on, uh, if you're playing it multiple times. Um, but this one is a single shot story and I think it's about 15 hours is what they kind of say. So it is, it is double the length. It's significantly longer. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they, they priced it as such and, you know, there's news out there like they just added a bunch of microtransactions, which are completely optional. You do not need to buy them. Uh, although Capcom will happily take your seven bucks for their upgrade ticket. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. I, I'm very close to finishing it. I'm playing it on PC and uh, it runs OK on the Steam Deck. Uh, it, it runs alongside like other more uh, recent games where it's like, it's not going to be the same experience that you would have like on a traditional right, PC yeah, with the obviously. right guts. But it's portable Resident Evil, so, you know, there's not many of those on the Switch. So if you're looking for <laughs> a portable Resident Evil, it will run fairly well on the Steam Deck. But if you have a really powerful PC or or a next-gen console, um, that's probably where I'd say pick it up because uh, it is a very... Uh, it's a great looking game. Like they did a really good job of, of adapting it and uh, making it less or making it more scary. Like it feels like they set stuff at night more because they're able to do more with lighting in this one. So they can kind of really up the details um, on, on the different locales and stuff. So they did a really good job. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Good. Yeah. It sounds like it's uh it's, Definitely something if you're a fan of Resident Evil, you should check out even at the at the higher price tag. Yeah. Yeah. This is not going to this is not going to, you know, uh, if you're not into Resident Evil, this isn't going to really change that. Um, It is it is still very much Resident Evil, but it's like if you're looking if you're looking for one that has like the most modern take, you know, with more action and uh, has a really like really satisfying like treasure hunting sort of appeal to it where you'll like you can buy i i also recommend you buy like the treasure maps don't feel like you're cheating um buy them in game with the premium in-game currency you're not paying for them uh the trader will take like specific gems for more rare stuff at first i was apprehensive about buying the treasure maps but then i'm like you know what i just want to know where all the treasure is because i'm running i don't want to backtrack through all of this i just want to get the treasure so buy the treasure maps and uh you'll have a great time Uh, searching for those treasures. All right. If you guys like the content that we're producing here at The Gamers Inn, head on over to patreon.com slash The Gamers Inn to support the show. We are currently looking for our April patrons. So if you want your name here... 
then again, head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in. That brings us to the news. We've got a few stories for you this week uh, that are all or a lot. Anyways, uh, video game adaptations <laughs> kind of fits the theme of the show this week. Um, first and foremost, Arcane Season 2 is not coming this year. It is not ready. Um, and uh, apparently there's two reasons for that. So um, first and foremost, they don't want to rush. They want uh, Season 2 to be just as good as Season 1. And uh, also, they didn't know if Season 1 was going to be a hit. Uh, so they didn't start on Season 2 until they got the green light, which makes sense after all of our Netflix conversations. No, I was surprised to hear that... Uh... They they were waiting for, uh, well, I guess they didn't, like they said, like we didn't know if it was going to be a hit. And um, a lot of like animated productions won't wait. They'll just kind of, they'll queue up a season two. I, I think like I, another, another show that's kind of feeling the same sort of vibe of like we, you know, we released three years ago and I think it was um, Invincible on Amazon Prime. Like they, they didn't queue up a season two. So now we're waiting like two or three years in between seasons. But I wonder with Arcane, like, will we see the fact that season one was like, I think it was getting nominated for, no, it did, it did win an Emmy. Uh, so, like, maybe season three will be queued up right as, you know, will already be in production and we won't have as long a wait. That would be my expectation, I think, is is that now that they have kind of a, a good proof of concept, it was it was very well received. It had like huge viewer numbers. I think that um, they'll probably, once they finish season two, they'll go straight into season three and we probably won't have to wait as long. Um, I don't know if they have kind of like a, like an overarching story that they want to tell or like a certain number of seasons in their mind, or if they're just going to keep going forever, like <laughs> who knows? But uh, I think it's, it's probably safe to say that season three will be queued up right after season two in terms yeah. of production. Yeah, that makes sense. Obviously not in terms of release. <laughs> no. But uh, yeah. I think it'll be a shorter wait between two and three. That's good because, you know, I don't play League of Legends, but I would love more Arcane. I really love that first season. I, yeah, I enjoyed it for the most part. I think I liked the first three episodes because they released them in um, three chunks, right? So like, yeah. yeah, and I really liked the first chunk and then... By the end, it kind of lost me a little bit because they did the thing that I hate, right? Like the, where it's like if you just have a conversation, then there's no plot, <laughs> right? Uh, like if the characters just talk to each other, they could have solved a whole lot of stuff. Um, but that being said, I thought like I loved the art style. I like I really did enjoy, like I said, the first three episodes I thought were really extraordinary um, it just kind of, it fell off for me a little bit near the end, but that doesn't mean I'm not looking forward to season two. Like everybody makes mistakes. We'll see what they do with it from there on. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, I have no idea if, uh, hopefully season two is as good as season one. We'll see. Yeah, I, I think it probably will be. I have faith in the team. They did a really, really good job. Uh, we have a couple of other adaptations coming uh, as movies, not uh, not TV shows, movies. So we've got uh, Five Nights at Freddy's and Minecraft. Now, mm -hmm. um, I oh my god, Five Nights at Freddy's, the video game scared the fucking shit out of me, Ryan. Like, I really, I don't know if I, and I like horror. And I know that it's probably going to be a little bit different because, like, I'm not controlling the character. So it's not going to be the same as playing the game. 
Um, but yeah, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to watch this movie. <laughs> what are your feelings on Five Nights at Freddy's? Uh, you know, here's the thing. I never played Five Nights at Freddy's for obvious reason because it's super scary. But um, one thing I did really enjoy was the game theorists uh, breakdowns of the story for the game. Um, talking a lot about, you know, what, you know, what is actually happening in the story. And, and there's a lot of like Easter eggs and hints as to what could be happening and and they dive deep on that one and that made me convinced like you could have a lot of fun with the movie as long as you lean into that story you know and and tell a really uh creepy and compelling story it would make a really good horror film but you know what i i have a feeling that it is going to just be you're stuck in i hope it's not this but it would be really boring to me if they just did the well let's just adapt the gameplay and make a really really scary, really, um, you know, bloody horror film as opposed to trying to tell like a, like more of like a haunted house style story. Cause like that's yeah. the idea is that this abandoned Chuck E. Cheese is haunted, but this doesn't even look like it's abandoned. It looks like it's a real restaurant that's happening. So maybe they're already changing things up, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll watch it. It's good. I guess it's going to stream day and date. It'll be, um, what is it? Uh, it'll be out in theaters. And Peacock, which I think is the NBC streaming app. Uh, oh, okay. This <laughs> I was like, I yeah, I don't know. There's too many streaming services now. So I'm like, I don't think I have Peacock. Does Peacock require a subscription? Who does that? I don't even know. Um, but yeah, that is I'm like I like that some studios are still doing this where they're um making it available for streaming at home at the same time as theaters. I think it was actually really funny at the beginning of the D D movie. There was this like all of the the cast in their like normal clothes like they weren't all dressed up in character or anything like that and they were all sitting there telling us how we're the real heroes for seeing movies how they're meant to be seen and i was like oh my actual vomit (laughs) come on guys like oh so anyways um you know some companies are leaning the full theater route some are still allowing people to stream day and date which i which i like a lot so um good on uh, universal for being open to still allowing people to stream at home because you know not everybody can can go to the theater all the time so october 27th for uh five nights at freddy's so it's gonna be happy halloween uh mm-hmm. and then minecraft is also coming uh in they got their release date for 2025, so still a while away. Yeah, and this was originally supposed to come out in, I think, May of 2019, so they've been working on it uh, for a bit. Uh, but this is going to star, uh, this was previously announced, but it's going to star Jason Momoa in some capacity. Okay, I have a question. Hmm. Does Minecraft have a story? Because I feel like it doesn't (laughs) so i'm like a little bit like even less than mario (laughs) like i don't think it has does it have characters like (laughs) i mean i'm all for jason momoa like i will get behind that casting every time but um what's he gonna do i mean you know what if it was two hours of him just standing there flexing i'd be cool with that too so you know what i don't even care minecraft movie let's go (laughs) (laughs) just him lifting blocks yeah just him lifting blocks okay (laughs) you build that house jason i'm fine with that i'm fine with that too um i mean i is there a story like there's probably 
a story for Minecraft and it could it could be similar to like how some games that don't appear to have a story but they do because it's in the manual like I'm sure there is like a a lore behind Minecraft um that specifically talks to like the different biomes and stuff whether there are specific characters like I know there is Steve and Alex which are like the default names for the player characters that you start with oh okay (laughs) so there are there are some characters i don't know a whole lot about minecraft but i know like whenever they do the outside of minecraft stuff like the minecraft legends the minecraft um smash bros even when they added them to smash brothers they pull from like that lore bible or whatever and uh is there enough to make a film like probably yeah like it's similar to the mario movie it's like okay the world of minecraft is is under threat by the you know, uh, some sort of dragon. Let's do it. Let's go fight that dragon. <laughs> like, that's probably what this story will be, you know? Yeah. Which is maybe enough. <laughs> It'll have to be. Question mark? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess so. I mean, or, you know, there is the other potential approach where, like, it's very similar to something like a No Man's Sky or a Sea of Thieves where, like, it's a sandbox, right? And I know that those games now have much, like, larger lore and questing and everything else. And we've talked about that before. But, like, in their inception, in their early days, they were just a sandbox for people to go play space or pirates or, you know, survival, right? And so, like, they could go the total opposite way and just be like, this is a world where we can literally tell absolutely any story so like if you look at it through that lens it's almost like there's it has the most potential of any movie right any video game movie because they're not penned in by an existing like story an existing quest line or anything like that so could be could be literally anything might have a lot of potential i don't know i have no idea we'll see yeah (laughs) i don't even know if it's animated or not Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I it was supposed to be, um, I guess, originally uh, uh, directed by Rob McElhenney before he got super into um, soccer (laughs) with Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) I think that's just an excuse to hang out with Ryan Reynolds. Well, I mean, yeah, everyone's gonna look for an excuse to hang out with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I'd co-own a phone company if it meant I got to hang out with Ryan Reynolds, and that sounds right. (laughs) Not so fun, right? So. Anyways, uh, Xbox has unveil- un- unveiled unveiled a sustainable controller. It's the Remix Special Edition, and uh, it's basically made out of a whole bunch of reclaimed plastics. Um, is this the one that like all the parts get swapped out? No. Uh, oh, okay. This is a traditional wireless uh, Xbox controller, but uh, I think the biggest change here is that you know it's it is. The, I think the price is sli- slightly higher, but it comes with a rechargeable battery pack. So like they don't mm. normally ship with that. You usually put your, which I mean is fitting because when you think about it, if you want to buy a product that is focused on like as, as much on sustainability, yeah. yeah, you don't know, you don't want to like encourage people to put batteries in this thing. You want to be like, no, 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 <laughs> use the rechargeable battery pack. Uh, yeah, that makes better, sense. You know, so <laughs> very much on brand for a sustainable controller. <laughs> yeah, it was the right move, and and honestly, like I think the uh, design of this looks really cool. Like it's it's a it's a more of a green focus with like some I, I don't know would you call that beige like a more of like a beige color to the sides. Yeah, there? they're kind of like yeah, it's kind of beigey, and then there's a green and a blue, very like eco kind of colors. Uh, very evocative of like earth and sky mm-hmm. <laughs> and forests and you know like a, 
I mean, I, I, I like my, my pink and purple shiny controller, but you sure. know, like this but is that's fine. Not recycled, so. <laughs> it's not exactly. Yeah. Like if I want to save the planet, then I would definitely buy this one as my next controller. <laughs> yeah. No, it looks, it looks really neat. I think I just saw it actually went on sale. I think it's like 10 bucks off here in here in Canada on Amazon, but like, it's got also like that, uh, wood grain imprint on the sides and the tops of the shoulder buttons. So like it's, it's got a unique design to it and um you know i i personally think like it's really nice to see these types of products come out it is unfortunate when they are priced higher um not because i think they should be they are technically worth less if anything it's probably more costly to produce these than to produce some i don't know for certain but i would think it would cost more to to make these um but it would be nice to see them like priced in parity with the other controllers and maybe they try to like offset that consumer like sticker shock by by including the rechargeable batteries because those Mm -hmm. um that charge and play like those aren't cheap i think they're like between 15 and 20 bucks so like yeah this might actually be if you're looking for the controller and like an additional charge and play pack this is probably a really good deal yeah well i think so yeah i'm trying to remember how much because i have basically like um battery pack like rechargeable battery packs that replace the battery slot that like ships with the controller and then i have like a dock that you like put them in but like you can't um like if you plug in your controller through the port at the top it doesn't actually charge the battery at all um it's it's like a total third party like thing and i'm pretty sure that cost me like 40 bucks or something it's got two it, it for it's for two controllers um and i mean like i love it it works great but like it doesn't the battery pack doesn't charge unless you put it in the dock so there's kind of that trade-off there so i mean like i would absolutely take like an xbox branded official rechargeable battery pack over you know third-party stuff and like i said that was it was for two controllers but still it was like 40 bucks so yeah i think that that's a good uh way to to make feel people feel a little bit better about a, a higher price tag I mean, you should feel better about a higher price tag just because you're doing something good for the environment. But we all know that, you know, (laughs) we also want to get good value for our money, especially these days. So and our last story tonight is, um, do you remember the PlayStation Vita? Did you ever have one, Ryan? I feel like you would have had one. No, I I actually did not. No. Well, uh, PlayStation Vita, I feel like people who had them were like a cult like (laughs) people who had a vita and played on the vita loved the vita like they were it was a huge thing it hasn't been around for like 10 years um but people who really really loved their playstation vitas were like super hardcore ultra mega super fans um and so they're they were momentarily happy for a little while because there were rumors around sony creating another handheld but now we have a little bit more information. Uh, and I think, is this actual information or is this a leak? I can't remember. Um, yeah, insider reports. So it's like okay. not an announcement. And Sony has not commented on on these reports. So like, I know or should we expect them to confirm uh, this type of stuff? Like right now it's like, uh, you know, based on, you know, internal prototypes, people have, with the knowledge, that sort of thing. Yeah. So uh, basically, it doesn't sound like it's going to actually be a Vita 2 in that it's not really, it sounds like it's not going to be its own standalone platform. It's going to be much closer. Actually, I mean, you talked about it already today, the Steam Deck. 
this is basically going to be like a PlayStation controller with a screen in the middle that's going to let you play your PS5 games on the go, which is not really what people who were fans of the Vita were hoping for with whatever the PlayStation handheld console ended up being. Because like I said, the, the Vita was its own, like it had its own games. It was its own standalone console. You didn't have to have a PlayStation I think at the time it was a PlayStation 2 and 3, like that generation. Um, And so you didn't have to have a console in order to play the Vita. And so now it sounds like you're going to have to have a PS5. And then this is like a PS5 accessory, uh, which is not nearly as exciting to uh, mobile PlayStation fans. Yeah. Yeah. So like there's been a couple of like cloud streaming handhelds that have been announced I think Logitech had one, um, and I, I mean, there's a reason we haven't heard of it since it launched. It's, I, I think it's just a very niche product that certain people might want to do, but like a, a lot of people point out, like, well, I can the app for you know console streaming already exists on my phone. I can pair yeah. either pair a controller or have like a shell like the Backbone or or there's there's other controllers like that where you can basically emulate the experience of what this could be. Uh, But, you know, if you are very much in the PlayStation um, universe and you want to have like a dedicated device that Sony is specifically testing to make it the best remote play (laughs) system you can have. um, And it's priced well. Like, again, I think the funny thing that came out of the logitech one was that it was it was expensive it was like 50 dollars less than a steam deck the base steam deck but it didn't have any guts to it it was just a a streaming device and i think like it doesn't you know like it's not uh it's it's not what people are looking for especially when you they they have phones that uh that do so much you know like we don't need a secondary device that is strictly for playing turning on my PlayStation 5 and playing remotely. So, you know, you already have that with your tablet. Uh, but yeah, I think if it's priced right, you know, there's a reason Microsoft kind of canned, I think it was their Keystone device, which was supposed to be a streaming puck, essentially, that would allow you mm-hmm. to play your your Xbox games. The difference there being you could play, um, you didn't need an Xbox, you could stream from the cloud. Sony doesn't have that for their PS5 experience, their current generation experiences. They have it for PS3 and and before that, I think. So, but they, you know, Microsoft canned it or or shelved it because it was going to be too expensive. They couldn't get it down to that hundred dollar mark. So, I imagine Sony is not going to have that luck with when you throw in a screen, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, like. Uh, this is all just like rumors and, you know, prototypes and stuff. And and hopefully it's just them prototyping some sort of follow-up. I, I, I don't think it'll go over. I don't think it'll sell well, honestly. Like, I think you just have so many devices that, that can do this already. Um, yeah. That will be cheaper. You might as well just buy a backbone for a hundred bucks. And suddenly you, you have this device in your hands already. So yeah. I've had a, thought and i feel like i don't even necessarily know if i want to put this out into the universe okay (laughs) but um you mentioned phones and and especially when there's a lot of these um a lot of these companies are supporting like cloud streaming to your phone to you know play not as good as what you would be playing 
like if you were playing natively on the console, but you know, half decent experiences. And so you mentioned phones and I was like, you know, PlayStation has multiple subscription things like Xbox has Game Pass. Like there, I think everybody, even Nintendo has like their, their family thing. It just, it just renewed on me. So yeah, <laughs> their, their family, whatever thingy. Um, and like, so, I mean, I'm thinking, cause I'm sitting here thinking like, well, yeah, a lot of people have phones for, or most people have phones for, you know, m- multiple different reasons. And then I'm like, but phones are freaking expensive too. And then I'm like, oh, phones are so much cheaper because they're rolled into your cell phone plan. I was like, I wonder if these devices would do better if you could pay like 20 or $30 more a month for your, you know, like game pass or your PlayStation ultimate or whatever. And then like they just send you the device at the start of your like contract and then you can get out of it anytime. Same as a phone plan if you pay off the the remaining balance on your device. But otherwise, you just keep, you know, paying for the subscription you're already, already paying for, but with a hardware cost, you know, built in as well. Then you don't have to pay for a huge device fee right up at the front, but you get that kind of um, hardware to play alongside your PlayStation 5. Like, I don't think I want them to do this, but like it might help alleviate the cost of some of these like peripheral accessory kind of things that that they're trying to do and trying to sell. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the main reason Sony wouldn't do that is because uh, Microsoft already did it with their Xbox um, all access pass. And I think Sony's like, well, we can't we can't acknowledge that Microsoft is has had as a good idea because then we wouldn't be able to complain about them as much. Uh, wait, okay, wait, what's the all access pass? Uh, so the all, so as this was at the launch of the series, actually before that, uh, shortly before that, where you could pay a monthly fee to basically, and they would ship you the Xbox. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. This is, this is ringing bells. <laughs> yeah. It was originally how I thought I would buy my series X, but then I realized like you could still get game pass for, rather cheap so it didn't make sense to kind of jump in yeah if you could afford the xbox up front then it was better to to find all the cheap ways to get game pass that they had at the beginning when they were trying to kind of increase their their user base yeah so i mean jokes aside like i think that sony could do that and um could look at like a monthly fee to attach this hardware to i think that the struggle there though is that um you need the PS5, right? Like, so yes, you do. Yeah, you would. We would probably almost need to make this like you know a a more expensive controller in order, and then you could and then you could bundle all of them together. You have the the streaming device, the console, and PlayStation Plus, and and do a subscription like Which that. Which might be the way. Like by the time they're ready to actually launch this, because again, these are insider reports. This isn't um this isn't an actual announcement from Sony. Um, by the time they're actually ready to announce it and ship it and everything else, like they, they might be thinking, you know, bundle your PlayStation five with the streaming device, one controller, and then, you know, the console itself, because like, like you said, if it doesn't work without a PlayStation five, then you want to make sure that the easiest way to get it is with all the hardware it needs. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, while it would be a neat idea and I think it's, it, it, gives consumers more options. Um, I think the best course of action here for Sony is, is to wait and, and offer this when they can, when they can present it at a, at a lower price. Cause I think they're already experiencing the, 
premium accessory problem with with the yeah. VR2, right? It's just um it's so it's more expensive than the console and while it is a great device by all the reviews, the cost is is still too high for most consumers, you know. Yeah. Um so I mean again, like the good point here is that it's still just being reported like i i think this also gives sony like a good yeah, idea yeah we don't like, have a cost right we have no, no idea what we're just assuming based on other devices like it that are out right now that we have prices for but we have no idea how sony is actually going to cost this thing right mhm exactly who knows um we might never know honestly this might not even be a real product but yeah. it is <laughs> it is fun to think about cuz it fits within their plans like a, a lot of like the current generation of consoles has really focused on more ways to play. And that includes like remote play and console streaming and all that. So, uh, I mean, it fits with their current offering. It's just, you know, I, I would personally rather see the development go into the apps, um, making this more available on, on other platforms, you know, like making sure that the app work, the streaming apps work on windows and Mac and, and Linux as well, so that we can get them native on the Steam Deck. You know, I think that's, mm-hmm. I think that's the better approach. You know, so hopefully uh, they continue down that path as well. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. If you guys want to continue the conversation, head on over to bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can also visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com or follow us over on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Ryan is Dar Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. Thanks for staying at The Gamers In. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.